actual fuck is going on with this whole politics business? And the, the stuff about me paddleboarding, nonsense. The sea was actually closed. It was a, a red notice. When Kermit the Frog, Kermit the Frog sang, it's not easy being green. You remember that one? Russia should go away, should shut up. And try that's in December, I'll be in Beijing, opening up new pork markets. Like seriously, what the fuck? Hi besties, I'm back again for the second time this week but this is our main episode so we're going to talk about everything else because in the last bonus episode we talked a little bit about strikes workers rights and why it's important to tell the Tories that we're not falling for their shit but this episode we're talking about everything else that happened this week and believe me believe me there's been a lot there has I mean this week had everything this week had everything chaos drama firings robots drugs we're gonna get into it all we really truly are so stick around get comfy get cozy grab a drink grab a snack and let's get into it So first, I thought I would do a little, a little live reaction to. Well, it's not live anymore because it's happened days ago, but me reacting to a little press conference that Liz Truss, our trusty prime minister, gave this week. It's very short, so it's not going to take me long. It's very messy too, and we love mess. And then we'll just trace back the steps that led to perhaps the worst press conference of Liz Truss's life. Love this for us. Okay, let's go. Okay. She took a while to come on the video. Because <laughs> uh, the Independent uploaded the whole the whole thing. And the first sort of 11 minutes is just a blank screen. Because she was, she was hiding backstage, I guess. She was like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here today. I don't want to do this. Oh, here she comes. She's a... She looks ready to hit the ground. Good afternoon. Okay. Oh God. <laughs> you can you can really hear in her voice how she's struggling to maintain making her voice different. And I recognize that because Liz, I'm gonna pause you a second, I'm gonna tell an anecdote. Um <laughs> When I first moved to London and I was I was trying to make my way, making my way downtown, walking fast, yada, yada, yada. I, um, one of the things I got told repeatedly was that people liked my work, but they didn't like the way that my voice sounded. Um, it turns out those people are wrong because I reverted back to how my voice sounded at that time period and it's absolutely fine. But for a time, um, I tried very hard to make myself sound different, you know, and I would put on all these fucking airs and graces. I... I, you know, I tried to make my, my accent sound more refined or whatever you would call it. Um, 
I, I kind of experimented with pitch. I would lower my voice sometimes and I would I'd raise it a bit higher. And it was very hard to sustain. And you could probably hear in my voice, I was straining to make it sound like that all the time. And you can hear that in Liz Truss all the time these days. I, <laughs> she sounded so natural. In that video of her when she was a Lib Dem, or even in the, you know, the pork markets video, where she's like, I'll be in Beijing opening up pork market that one she sounds natural and and normal i mean all of the words coming out of her mouth are stupid but her voice sounds normal but in videos of her these days you can literally hear her trying so hard to sustain her poundland margaret thatcher impression and it's sad it's it's um it's a real sad situation and it's getting more and more absurd Anyway, Liz, I'm going to unpause you now, okay? I'm talking to her like she's a cookie from Black Mirror, but... <laughs> oh, my God, imagine if, like... Imagine if that is her life. <gasps> that would be so camp. It would also make a lot of sense as to why everything is so bad for her. <laughs> we love to see it. Anyway, here we go. She wants a country where people can get new jobs, good jobs... She wants families to be able to afford a better life. But uh, rich families, I'm guessing. <laughs> Hence why they got the tax cut and not me. Oh, God. <laughs> She's going on about weak growth again. Girl. Low tax, high wage, high growth. Okay. Mm-hmm. She looks like she does not want to be there. She looks like she is thinking in her head all the time. Bitch, why did I become prime minister? Why did I do this? I... <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Okay. Oh, my God. So... She's finally admitting that the mini budget was trash. I mean, she's not saying that, but she's saying it was it was a bad idea. Okay. Uh-oh. Okay, so she's going to increase corporation tax now. Great. I mean, it would have been cute if you could have just done that in the first place, but work... Like, this is the thing. You can't say that you understand the situation and all that when you just obviously didn't. <laughs> like, girl. Come on, girl. She's going to control the size of the state. Oh, I miss this. Girl. Okay, so apparently spending is going to grow less rapidly than previously planned. Fantastic. Just what I needed. Oh, God. Here comes the big moment. Spoiler alert. She sacked the Chancellor. <laughs> We're going to go into the full details of that in a minute, but... <laughs> I mean, honestly, the, the effects, 
that you know the positivity that she could have got from getting rid of him is is expired like the moment was like weeks ago darling you you kind of missed the moment where you could have picked up anything like any kind of credibility from that it's over girl it's gone it's gone now you just now you just look chaotic like girl because <laughs> she she was determined to stand by him for some reason oh god She's talking about how, how he's a great friend. Girl, who cares? He might be a great friend to you, but he's a crap chancellor. <laughs> Jeremy Hunt is going to be the new chancellor. Not Jeremy Hunt. Oh, my God. Let me tell you, when I got a push notification about that, I had to put my phone down because I was laughing. I was like, girl, not this. Not this. Not him. <laughs> well you know he got done fucking up the nhs now he's here to fuck up the money fabulous oh god apparently jeremy hunt is going to deliver the medium term fiscal plan at the end of this month on halloween what a horror show. I mean, Jesus Christ. Girl. She's talking about that uh, energy price guarantee thing again, as if it's a cap and it's not. I just want to remind people of that because she is lying by omission and it could be dangerous. Oy vey. <laughs> she says she's acted decisively today. Girl, I thought you acted decisively last week and the week before that and the week before that. Make it make sense. Oh my God. Okay, she says it's going to be difficult, but we will make it through the storm. Okay, girl. Okay. She's now taking questions. Here we go. These were good. <laughs> oh, the first question, they're like, can you explain to the public why you should get to stay as prime minister? And she looks like her soul just left her body. She's sick of it. She's had enough. She's only been here five minutes and she's had enough. Girl, bye. Oh, dear. You know what? There was more life coming out of the robot that was at the House of Lords this week. Let me tell you that. There was a robot at the House of Lords. We're going to talk about that in a bit too. Girl. It's the same old nonsense. Something, something decisively. Something, something delivered. Something, something growth. Girl, you're just saying the same thing over and over again. And I still don't believe you. I just don't. Like, sorry, girl. Oh. <laughs> okay. She's being asked by Harry Cole from The Sun about tax. Oh my god. 
Louise again just asked her, wow, you resigning, girly? Camp. Camp. Love it. That's a good question, though. I mean, you, you can't say, oh, well, I've got to get rid of the Chancellor because he's trash and then say, oh, but I'm going to stay. Because if you, if, you, if you made that plan with him, you've got to go too. You've got to go too. Like, sorry, girl. Well, not sorry, obviously. I would love for this trust to go. I'd love for the whole Tory clown show to go. But um, in the national interest, klaxon. Ding, 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 ding. That's not the sound a klaxon makes, is it? Never mind. It is in my mind. Oh, she's taking a question from the BBC. Ask her to resign. Go on. I'm pretty sure he will. Yes. Yes. The question of the day is, when are you going to resign, Elizabeth? When? <laughs> God, she's mad about it. Oh, dear. She's struggling through this. This is sad. It's like... It's like watching a turtle on its back that can't get up, but there's no other turtles around to help. And also the turtle is financially illiterate. Like... <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Let me watch that again. Hold up. Did she... <laughs> Let's roll the tape again. Hold on. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, so she's trying to pick the next channel. She looks around, she goes, ah, uh, ah. Uh, and then she points over and she goes, <laughs> she calls Robert Peston Robert Peston. Like she pronounced it like that. Like, girl, he has his own television show with his surname in the title, which I'm pretty sure you've probably been a guest on. Like, come on, out here pretending that you can't pronounce names. That's my gig, girly. That's my thing. And I will be suing for gimmick infringement. Girl. Mm -mm. I'll just, I'll join the long list of people suing the British government. It'll be fun. We've probably got a, a minute or two to talk here because Robert Peston takes forever to ask questions. No shade, but it's true. Ooh. Okay, that one was quick. He just wants to know, is she going to apologise to the Conservative Party? And she's basically like... I am determined. And then she just doesn't answer the question. Okay, girl. Oh, my God. Elizabeth. Elizabeth, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. This is ridiculous. Golly, please. She's so done. She's so done. Ah! No! No! God, that's camp. She, she sort of finishes not answering the question. And then she just says, thank you very much, everybody, and walks away. <laughs> and the journalists are yelling. Oh! They want to know if she's going to say sorry. They want to know if she's going to resign. And she's just like, 
I, I'm going to go and get a pumpkin spice latte and um, watch some old Zoella videos and think about autumnal things. Goodbye. <laughs> oh my God. What a mess. What a mess. What a disaster. What a kerfuffle. Just... Just the worst thing you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> Fucking hell. Jesus Christ. I mean... <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear, oh, dear. What a sad, sad state of affairs for Liz Trust. How did we get to that point? Oh, God, not my reading phone freaking out over there um sorry i have um i have a second phone that i use to read stuff on when i'm on twitch and i'm streaming and she she's over there she's she's <laughs> she's mad as hell i guess she doesn't like this trust either because she has taste um so let's trust uh that was kind of one of the bigger points of her week but what led up to that let's have a look so Throughout the week, uh, Tory discontent was continuing to bubble along. Um, there was a meeting of the 22 committee um, where <laughs> Liz Truss was accused of trashing workers' conservatism and everything the party had stood for over the last decade. I mean, no offence to Tories, but I have to say that's a bit baffling because the Tories have literally, throughout the last decade just flip-flopped on what it is they stand for like the, the only consistent thing has been I think just being dicks to vulnerable people I guess um so <laughs> yeah I gotta love those principles huh um so that that was a bit that was a bit strange but okay girl um she did not have a good time at the 1922 committee she did not have a good time um <laughs> Uh, she she told members of parliament that they should focus on the energy price guarantee and highlight the devastation that would have been caused to small businesses had we not acted. It doesn't seem to have worked. The little pep talk does not seem to have worked. Um, an anonymous MP described the meeting as honestly funeral, horrendous. I was shocked at how brutal it was. <laughs> Another MP said, there was the sense that this just can't go on. She's only been Prime Minister for like half an hour. Like, honestly, what is... The... Fuck, man. And let me just say something. Liz Truss is Prime Minister because of the Conservative Party, right? She became Prime Minister through an internal election within the Conservative Party. People like me, we had nothing to do with it. I didn't get a vote. So this decision and Liz Truss as a whole and her performance is entirely on them. They did this, not us. So if they're unhappy, if they've got buyer's remorse, that's really their own fault for electing a fucking moron as their leader, I'm just saying. Um, so Liz Truss had her audience with King Charles and a clip of that went viral. So Liz Truss walks into the room and she says, Your Majesty, lovely to see you again. And then... 
Charles says, back again, dear old dear. Anyway. <laughs> now, I'm not going to be one of those people that believes that, like, the royal family are, like, secretly, like, socialist and they're sending us secret messages and they're actually super anti-Tory and look for the brooches. You'll find messages in the brooches and the fucking colours of the outfits they were like I, I'm not one of those people and I think that a lot of that stuff is just people projecting out of sort of desperation and a need to cope but what I will say is maybe maybe I mean Charles has never seemed the most um adjusted person to me Mr I'd like to be your tampon like oh what is that Maybe he just felt like being a little a little jokey, maybe a little shady. I don't know. I mean, he just wanders around his palace all day, like, I don't know, simping for Camilla, I guess. Maybe, maybe he just has time to think up things and he thinks he has jokes. I don't know. But either way, I appreciated it because it made me laugh. So shout out to him for the first and last time. Um, there was more uh secret secret uh grumbling from the tories as the week went on um a anonymous tory mp said nothing makes any difference now we're fucked <laughs> yeah fair enough and an anonymous minister um apparently told robert peston that tory mps would prefer a general election and to lose their seats to the current economic crisis so even they know what's up. <laughs> um, and according to new polling that was released, um, it was suggested that people such as Boris Johnson, Dominic Raab and Ian Duncan Smith could all lose their seats if an election was held now. So I am once again asking for a general election. Let's be having you. I fucking love that. I hope my MP loses his seat. Um, who else do I want? I want, I want Douglas Ross to lose his seat just because I think it'd be funny. I mean, I know he's got a spare one like at Hollywood, but still, I just think it would be camp and very funny. Um, oh, I've got a lot of people I'd like to lose their seats, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, so Liz Truss, terrible times, terrible times. So midway through the week, it's uh, <laughs> it's reported on Sky News that there are discussions underway about a mini budget U-turn. I mean, they've kind of already done a U-turn. So, I mean, I don't know about driving, but if you do two U-turns, isn't that just like a, like a circle? <laughs> okay. <laughs> or maybe if you, you U-turn and then you just sort of, you go forwards, but you call it a U-turn. So it's still, I don't know. But the point is they're doing another U-turn. So they had the previous U-turn of removing the um the tax cut for very 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 fucking rich people um because i guess they said the quiet part out loud and we all heard them and they didn't expect us to talk back um <laughs> nice um and so then uh the the second u-turn i suppose um would be in relation to corporation tax um <laughs> So, <laughs> um, it was, 
speculated in the media that corporation tax would now rise to 25% in the spring uh, previously and as part of the mini budget. Liz Truss's government had announced that they were going to cancel the proposed raise for corporation tax. That's that's now been changed. There's been a U-turn done on that. Now, as I said, I, I don't understand roads and that and driving because I don't do it. Um, but like, I don't know. They're just sort of repeatedly doing U-turns in a car park, in a clown car. And nobody is laughing. They're just kind of looking in horror, like... What the fuck? Is, what what in the Pennywise is this? What in the crusty the motherfucking clown is this? Absurd, obnoxious, disgusting. So, let's trust. <laughs> just having the shittest week of her life, really, and it couldn't have happened to a worse person. Honestly, truly, um. And while all this is going on, while all this is going on, it is then speculated that she's going to be firing the Chancellor, Kwasi Kwarteng, um, who was currently, at the time, out of the country. (laughs) Oh, God, she was messy. Um, So he was... um, he was out of town. He was out of town. He was uh, in the USA, uh, in Washington, at the International Monetary Fund's annual meeting. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine? And as this chaos is unfolding, uh, the Daily Star which, I mean, I guess some people would class as a newspaper just by virtue of the fact that it's printed on paper, I guess. I don't know. Um, news, though? I don't know. Uh, they uh, they had on their front page... <laughs> Which wet lettuce will last longer? The most urgent political question of the year. The... <laughs> They have set up a live stream on YouTube, uh, which you can go and you can check out and you can you can find out how the lettuce is doing. And they've got they've got a lettuce on camera that's just on camera all the time. And basically, um, they (laughs) they are going to see how long um, the the lettuce will last against Liz Truss and her time as prime minister. Um, apparently, bookies are offering odds of six to one that a lettuce the Daily Star brought from Tesco for 60 pence, 60 pence, there we go, pence, what, what is that, um, will outlast Liz Truss as Prime Minister. <laughs> Fuck's sake. I love this new series of The Thick of It. It's real, real good stuff. Real good stuff. So, away from Lettuce Cam, we go back to the mess that is the mini budget and the Chancellor. So, 
Kwasi Kwarteng returns to London. He comes back early from his little trip to Washington. And apparently he finds out when he touches down that he's been fired. (laughs) Fuck's sake. What a mess. What a disaster. It all kicks off. It all kicks off in Tory WhatsApp groups. So the conservative backbench WhatsApp group. Screenshots are leaked to Sam Coates, a journalist at Sky News. This happens quite often, actually. A lot of a lot of communication in politics happens on WhatsApp. Um, and a lot of it ends up leaking to journalists. Um, although uh, WhatsApp is coming out with an update, I think, in, in the next few months that will block screenshots. So um, Tory MPs who want to leak stuff but don't want to actually, you know, go on record are going to be in a fucking shambles, I guess. Um, so <laughs> uh, it's screenshots from the Conservative Backbench WhatsApp group. Uh, somebody, although it doesn't say who the who the first person is, it's only half their message. But still, they said enough. Emergency repair needed for our country. Step forward, Rishi and Penny, with our support and encouragement in the interests of us all. Get fucked, whoever that was. I'm sorry, but the Tories picked the last PM and the one before that and the one before that and so on and so forth. And they've done a terrible job. I don't trust their judgment. I'm sorry. Like, as a party, you guys have terrible judgment. Sorry to be the one to say it and sorry to be harsh, but it's true. It's true. Girl. Um, so Nadine Doris then gets into a fight with Crisp and Blunt. I'm so... (laughs) Nadine Torres really came through to give us some more chaos. And, side note, (laughs) you'll never guess who's reactivated their Twitter account. It's Nadine Doris. If you missed Mad Nad on Twitter, she's back. She's back and more chaotic than ever. Praise be. Um, So she gets into it with Crispin Blunt. That's the same Crispin Blunt, by the way, um, that decided that the hill he wanted to die on was actually my friend who is being charged with child sex offences, should not be punished or whatever. So real great guy. Um, So he's saying, does throwing your closest colleague under the bus count as a symptom? Um, And Nadine Doris responds with, Followed by a general election. I love you, Crispin, but if you seriously think we can impose another leader without one, that the media and the people would allow that, you need to lie down. A a wild moment of of <laughs> normal uh thought from Nadine Doris there actually. <laughs> that's that's potentially the most unchaotic thing she's ever said. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Um, so shit's going down, the girls are fighting, I love it, and then this trust she appoints Jeremy Hunt as the new chancellor. <laughs> so if you're unfamiliar with Jeremy Hunt, firstly, get used to, um, lots of broadcasters, newsreaders, and so on and so forth, accidentally, 
and by accidentally I mean absolutely on purpose, referring to him as Jeremy Cunt and pretending that it was like an accident and they didn't mean to say it. Because <laughs> it happens all the time whenever he's in cabinet and I live for it. Um, you may You may also remember him for his years of tyranny against the National Health Service and particularly um him picking a fight with junior doctors because well he's a fucking moron that doesn't understand their importance in in healthcare so great great i'm sure that this guy who fucked over the nhs repeatedly is exactly the guy we need in charge of money fantastic i <laughs> Also, it says something about the current Conservative Party that they don't have anyone, really. They're just constantly recycling the same people and just reshuffling them around to different places. You know, someone will go to the backbenches for a couple of months and then they'll come back into government and yada, yada. It's always the same people just being shuffled around. And it's like you have a majority of of just so many, like... You, you, you're really telling me you don't have anyone else that is willing and able to step up to these roles? Really? It's just the same, the same old incompetent faces? Really? Okay. All right, girl. Um, <laughs> but is, is Jeremy Hunt going to be the, the magic potion that fixes all of Liz Truss's problems? The streets are saying no. Um, so... <laughs> Beth Rigby from Sky News, uh, she asked a former cabinet minister about Liz Truss's future prospects. And apparently this cabinet minister, the former cabinet minister, texted back, as we both know, this is only going to end one way. <laughs> so that's a uh, that's that's a bad vibe, I, I would say. Uh, so First Minister of Wales, Mark Drakeford, has called for a general election um, as we've got another new fucking chancellor. And I agree with him. I think he's right. Uh, this is, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Just because the Tories want to stay in power by any means possible, that doesn't mean they should be allowed to. At some point, you have to accept things have gone too far. It's too, everything's too fucked up. You've, you've got to let the people have a shot at making a new decision now. Things have changed too much. The the material changes to what people agreed to when they cast their votes for the Conservatives in 2019 even are so different that there's no way you can say that the current Conservative administration, which has a, a completely new leader, um, cabinet, even quite a few of, of the, the policies are different to what people were promised in 2019, Things are so different that you cannot possibly say that anyone who cast their vote for the Conservatives in 2019 is getting exactly what they thought they were going to get now. Like, I just, I don't buy that. I, I, don't, I just don't. Um, so the First Minister of Wales, Mark Drakeford, has called for a general election, as has the First Minister of Scotland, Nicola Sturgeon. Uh, she said that... <laughs> This is beyond a joke. And she also described Liz Truss as a lame duck prime minister. True, bestie. Completely right. Um, as you know, I want a general election. I do. A hundred percent. I do think that the Conservatives are potentially terrified. Obviously, some of them may just be up for it just because they're thinking, you know what? 
it can't get any worse than it is. We may as well. Fuck it. Uh, but I think some of them genuinely fear losing their seats. Um, and so they are going to try and put an election off as much as possible. And I would imagine some of those people are in the cabinet. So <laughs> I guess we'll have to see. But the pressure mounts and builds and follows Liz Truss like... Like Larry the cat was following a fox and beating him up at Downing Street. I have to say, this is this is a message just for Larry. As as someone who is a friend of foxes, but also a friend of cats, I need you to chill the fuck out, okay? Because that fox is not your enemy. You know who your enemy is? As the prime minister you share a house with, buddy. You gotta you gotta stand up, register to vote, and be like, nah. It's time you move out, darling. It's been a long week of U-turns for Liz Truss's government. So we've already had the U-turns of the mini budget. By the way, uh, it appears that Joe Biden president of the United States of America, was not impressed with Liz Truss's mini-budget. Uh, he was asked by Sky News about his thoughts on it, and he said it was predictable. I wasn't the only one who thought it was a mistake. <laughs> Same big Joe. I disagreed with the policy of cutting taxes for the super wealthy. Well, there we are. There we are. I agree, my dude. I agree. <laughs> but there was another U-turn in store. Um, kind of a... I mean, girl. So, the, the Conservative Party manifesto um, had a commitment within it to end no-fault evictions. So, making sure that basically your landlord can't kick you out for no good reason. Um, it's something that renters have been asking for for a long time, just because maybe we'd like some stability. Maybe we would like to know that as long as we play by the rules, pay our rent, yada, 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 we're going to be able to have a home for for a significant period of time. I don't feel that that's much to ask, to be quite honest. Um, but some people disagree. Probably people that own homes and don't have to worry about these things but there we are um so there was plans to do that and then it was reported that Liz Truss was shelving that plan because it was not considered a priority so great fantastic amazing Liz Truss then u-turns on that uh, during Prime Minister's question, she's asked about it and then she says, no, 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 the plan to ban no-fault evictions is actually going ahead now. So, <sighs> mess, basically. Absolute fucking mess. Mess. Um, Mark Drakeford, the First Minister of Wales, um, was speaking... Uh, this week in the Welsh Parliament and he spoke about the UK government 
just the the shocking levels of incompetence and just a lack of care. He said that the UK government had turned its back on the governance of the union and hadn't participated in any of the intra-union government meetings since Liz Truss became Prime Minister. So, <laughs> it's all, you know, we care about the union until they actually have to do any of the work to maintain the union. And then they're like, um, I think perhaps I shall not care. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. Um, lack of communication seems to be a, a big theme for the Liz Truss administration. Um, <laughs> according to reports, Liz Truss, who was described as depressed, girl, me too, um, has apparently changed her mobile number so many times that some cabinet ministers can no longer contact her. <laughs> Not her just trying to ghost her responsibilities as prime minister. Girl, you actually have to show up. You you wanted this. You stood for that internal election. All right. You can't. You can't just fucking run away. <laughs> you cannot just fucking run away from your problems. You have to actually do some work. You have to talk to people. You cannot be ignoring your cabinet. You cannot be ignoring the first ministers of other countries in the UK. You you can't. You you just can't, Colin. Like Jesus Christ. But Liz Truss, she's off in her own little fantasy land. She doesn't want to play. She's hiding away. <laughs> um and uh it's a mess. It's a mess. So we've got our new Chancellor, Jeremy Hunt, um, and uh, he discussed the possibility of ditching a pledge to increase defence spending to 3% of national income by 2030. And it's said that Ben Wallace, the defence secretary, is very fucking upset about this and may actually resign. Um <laughs> I mean, maybe that's why she's ghosting her cabinet. She's thinking, if I just keep changing my number, nobody can resign. They can't get hold of me to resign. Therefore, they can't resign. That's how it works, right? No, no, it doesn't. It, it doesn't work like that. But okay, girly. Uh, but speaking of Ben Wallace, uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a thing that happens quite often um, in, in the press where somebody will be talking about like one black person and they'll put a picture of a completely different black person because they don't know the difference um it happens a lot with ethnic minorities um but i i guess i would like to uh welcome white dudes to this phenomenon because now it's happening for you guys um congrats i guess so on the front cover of the Sunday Mail, uh, they had the headline, It's Ben Downing Street. Okay. Uh, Tories in plot to sink trust and bring in Wallace as pressure grows for election. So the story goes that there are a number of Tories that are apparently planning to take down Liz Truss and replace her with the Defence Secretary, Ben Wallace. However, <laughs> however... 
they haven't put a picture of Ben Wallace on the front of this newspaper. It's not Ben Wallace. It is Andrew Griffith. Griffith. Griffith you know what I mean. Um, a completely different um, white man from the Tory party. Uh, so, <laughs> hey, hey, white guys, welcome to this uh, thing where you get mistaken for other white guys. Uh, have fun with that. Uh <laughs> Speaking of fun, let's talk about something a little bit lighter because we, we don't want to be down all the time. So this week, a robot gave evidence to the Communications and Digital Committee of the House of Lords. Um, and I have to say, she seemed a lot more... Um, a lot more open to the idea of answering questions than than some people that make appearances at uh select committees do um so she's a she's a robot she was wearing dungaree she had robot arms she had a bob like she was she was she was very um data's daughter from next gen very that very that she was talking about the art that she creates uh she writes poetry she paints pictures she does it all girl um, and she was testifying um, at the House of Lords uh, in regards to, I don't know, I guess like her life as a robot. It was, it was surreal to watch. It was quite interesting. Um, there was a moment when she had a little, <laughs> she had a little breakdown. She needed a little bit of uh, a refresh. She had to be rebooted. But you know what? She tried her goddamn best. So shout out to her. Uh, <laughs> we we kind of loved it what we don't love the home secretary suella braverman so um she was speaking in the house of commons and she slipped up and she said the quiet part out loud girl she uh she was talking about golden visas um which are basically they're basically visas you can buy. I mean, the government will try and say that you can't and that's not a thing, but that they are essentially just visas for rich people that they can buy. Um, but we're not supposed to know that that's how it works. So <laughs> she was talking about these visas and she said, when it comes to golden visas, I was very proud of the action the government took in relation to Russian individuals following the invasion. So referring to the invasion of Ukraine, uh, where we stopped the sale of golden visas to particular individuals. <laughs> you said sale, girl. You've pulled the mask off. It's a Scooby-Doo moment. So then Chris Bryant, Labour MP, also clarifies on that and says, the sale? You were selling them? Well, yes. Yes, she was. <laughs> well, not, not her. Obviously, she was not Home Secretary at the time. But the government that she serves, definitely. So um, if you have a ton of money, uh, you, can, you, can buy, you can buy a visa, essentially. Um, but, you know, if you are fleeing war and persecution, the Home Secretary is just going to tell you to fuck off, basically. Interesting how that works, isn't it? Real fucking interesting. Um, so according to Harry Cole at The Sun. So, I mean, maybe we take it with a little bit of salt. Uh, someone who was a very senior cabinet minister this year has put their association on notice for election this year oh good christ <laughs> 
Um, they have a very safe seat, but already preparing full bells and whistles campaigning this weekend, you would expect in the run-up to polling day. It's coming, they say. Oh God, another winter election, I fear. Uh, I mean, I have to say the 2019 election, it was quite a bit of a downer because, you know, it's December. You're trying to get ready for Christmas. You're like, yes, come on, Santa Claus. Come on, the birth of Jesus. Come on, jingle bells and holly and snow and ivy and, and all those good things. I fucking break out the Mariah Carey album. I mean, I'll, I'll break out that album at any time, honestly, truly. But you're trying to get into the Christmas vibe. You are logging onto Disney Plus to watch Marge Be Not Proud. And then they're like, just a couple of days before Christmas, they're like, ha bitch, Tory government for the foreseeable. And Christmas spirit gone. That was very much the vibe. Although I'm hoping that if, if we do have a December election, I'm going to write my letter to Santa Claus and I'm going to be like, hey, hey, maybe, um, <laughs> maybe we'll try another party, huh? Huh? You like, you like the idea of that? Yeah? A little surprise for Christmas? Something nice? Maybe a little rainbow coalition going on? That would be cute. That would be gorgeous. But we'll see. Um... Thoughts and prayers with, with activists, party activists, they'll have to campaign in the dark and cold if if there is yet another December election. Um, because, Christ. <laughs> Especially those in rural uh, areas, because that will not be fun. Um, but it's 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 not just the, the Conservative Party having a bit of a chaos this week. Uh, there has been some chaos in the Labour Party too, although it does seem uh, that they they have um, they've got a, a handle on things. Dare I say, the Labour Party not being chaotic. Trust me, I'm just as surprised as you. But it, it does seem that they've just sort of tried to get their shit together i guess um so labor mp christina rees has been stripped of the party whip after allegations of bullying um so there are allegations that she has bullied constituency staff and the whip has been removed um she'll be sitting as an independent in the house of commons i i have to say i i do think this is the right decision I do. Um, one of the things that I think does not actually get discussed a lot um, is is bullying in in politics. And and again, as with everything, it's not just a one party issue, um, but it's it's something that doesn't get discussed enough, and a lot of the time is allowed to just continue. So I think this is this is a good action by the Labour Party, um, and I think it shows seriousness you know, and that's, that's what you need. Um, I, I think perhaps, you know, seeing the polling that's coming through, you know, Labour are definitely kind of shooting up um, in the, in the polls. And I think they, they want to be seen by the public as a serious party that could potentially be a party of government. So they've got to be smart with these things. And, and I think, I think, I think they've, they've made the right choice you know, um, so an investigation can take place. 
cool. Uh, but there was there was a bit a bit more chaos, uh, Labour Party wise, um, and this one's a little complicated. Um, this one is a little complex. So deselection has been something that has been hugely discussed within labor circles um for a long time the the idea that just because somebody is the mp now that doesn't mean that they should have an automatic right to be the candidate for the next election um i think it's quite i think it's quite an interesting thing actually because there there will be circumstances and situations where you know maybe somebody seemed a good candidate at the time but then in practice they haven't been doing the work they you know they're not suitable and so i do think it's a good thing for local parties to have mechanisms available if they need to look for another option um that being said i think it has to be it has to be um monitored i guess would be the word i don't know um to make sure that it's it's not being abused um so deselection is incredibly controversial at the moment because um there's a lot of sort of discourse and controversy um because of the attempts to uh to deselect one Labour MP. There have been attempts to deselect Apsana Begum, um, who is the Labour MP for Poplar and Limehouse. Um, and there have been allegations that the reasonings for uh the campaign to deselect her um is 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 tied to to the uh, abuse that she suffered from somebody um within the the constituency party i believe so it's it's possible that that these these kinds of procedures could be misused essentially and so i think you you have to be again you have to be smart with it and you have to make sure that that's not happening um but there was a another case of an attempt to deselect uh an mp uh that has been successful and that is Sam Terry, who his selection in the first place was quite controversial. So uh, he's the Labour MP for Ilford South. Um, and it was it was controversial when he was selected in the first place. So obviously everybody's competing you know, within the, the local party to try and be the one that ends up as the candidate. Um, in many ways, I think, I think I'm quite fortunate in that uh, the, the branch that I belong to of my party does not select candidates. So we never have these issues and everyone just kind of gets on because none of us are competing to be the candidate. Um, but obviously that's not the case for the majority of local branches of political parties so i think we've we've got quite a unique good thing going for ourselves but um of of course across across the rest of of everywhere it is an issue and it was an issue in ilford south because 
Oh, God. Let me see if I can try and explain this. <laughs> because, like, even... Even a long time after, girl, it was a mess. So, in 2019, um, there was a another candidate for for selection. Um, I'm really sorry if I'm pronouncing this incorrectly. Um, Jazz Athwal. Hopefully, I got that correct. Um, and he was the favourite, apparently, everybody thought he was going to get it, um, and then days before the vote for the selection of the candidate, he was suspended from the party, um, and there were allegations of sexual harassment made that led to him being suspended, um, so he was later cleared of wrongdoing and he has claimed that the complaint was malicious and that his suspension was politically motivated with the implication that the um, the allegation and the the suspension that resulted from that were basically done to make sure that Sam Tarry, who was um, sort of the other big big candidate for the for the role was selected so he's he's made the implication that he was basically sidelined so that Sam Tarry would have a clear run at it um so that was hugely controversial at the time and um a number of people uh, were very angry at Sam Tarry being selected so time goes by Sam Tarry wins the seat um, things go on. He he was he was in the cabinet, the shadow cabinet for a while. Uh, he was recently, you may recall, um, removed from the shadow cabinet um, after attending a picket line uh, in support of RMT workers and booking an interview and then just sort of saying that things were Labour policy when they weren't. Um, so. Sam Terry seems to be somebody followed by drama, um, <laughs> which I mean, that's that's not really what you want in a candidate anyway, I would say, personally, but there we are. Um, so there's a new campaign to decide the candidate. And once again, it's these two guys against each other. Both of them were apparently very confident of their chances. They both thought they had it in the bag. And then it turns out Sam Terry's bag is empty. And he's like, wait, wait, wait a minute. So he's been deselected. He will not be permitted to stand as the Labour candidate in Ilford South, there we go, for the next election. It's over for him. It's over, darling. Um... So he uh he didn't take it well. He did not take it well. Um I mean I guess I get it. Like if I you know, if I had a job and I was enjoying it and whatever and then suddenly I'm told that you know I'm going to be losing that job at the next election, especially if I had an awareness that the next election could be coming pretty damn soon, I would perhaps be a little bit concerned about that and maybe I would react badly. Um he has made allegations 
um, that he has discovered ghost members. Um, so people who either left the constituency or had died. So he believes that these ghost members may have voted in, in the in the election i okay um <laughs> i okay girl uh, i mean look i understand nobody likes to lose but girl come on girl what is this <laughs> so he put out a statement and it said i am utterly crestfallen by the result in the ilford south selection last night not for myself, oh sure, Jan, but for the good people of Ilford who deserve better than to have been at the centre of a manufactured political circus. Okay. I am extremely concerned about the result, which does not reflect the feeling my campaign has met on the ground, talking day in, day out to members, or the extensive meticulous data we gathered on the campaign. Listen, I'm going to tell you something about... um about campaigning and stuff like that sometimes right sometimes it might just be that people are just saying what they think you need to hear okay like sure his team probably did meet people that were totally team tarry or whatever and were totally down for him and were very happy with with his performance as an mp However, they may have also met people that just said, yeah, okay, yeah, I'd probably vote for you to stay and didn't really mean it. Or maybe they hadn't made their minds up yet. And so they just said, yeah, sure, just to make them go away. Like, <laughs> it's possible, bro. Like, just because someone says, yes, I'm going to vote this way or yes, I'm going to I'm going to vote that way or whatever. It doesn't mean that it's true. I mean, that's why exit polls are reliably unreliable because <laughs> there's going to be people that will say, oh, yeah, 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 I voted for this. And they'll lie. Like, I'm just saying you cannot rely on that. Like, <laughs> it's OK. It's OK to admit that you got your feelings hurt and you're feeling a bit mad about it. But let's not get silly. So anyway, he continues. Um, I'm taking some time to consider what's next. But in order to be assured of the integrity of the result, I am asking the party to share with me the full information of who cast electronic votes, by what method and when they were cast, which I understand is available in the Anoni voter system. Girl, it has Anon in the title. What do you think that means, sweetheart? Why does he want to know who cast votes? He does not need that information. I Like I said, I understand being a bit butthurt, but Jesus Christ. Fucking hell. In the meantime, I will continue to represent the people of Ilford South the way I have done for the past three years. With integrity, generosity and inclusivity inclusivity oh god i can't read thank you to my amazing team of volunteers on the ground who are the best of ilford sam okay um i mean look may maybe maybe the best course of action is to as you said continue to represent the people of ilford south keep doing your job show them that no matter what you have their best interests at heart and then honestly like you could just try again next time don't be a baby about it. Don't be out here like, I want the names of every bitch who voted. 
I want to see the receipts. Just take what happened. Keep doing your job for as long as you have it. Show the people that no matter what happened, you've got their back. And that's going to increase your chances for next time. But you being a brat and you like throwing a tantrum about it, like girl, girl, that is not the one. That is not the fucking one. I just, girl, I'm just, I'm just saying, (laughs) I'm just saying, I mean, in my opinion as well, this is, this is quite a different situation to, um, to what we have happening with, for example, Absana Begum, who, you know, there is, there is evidence that that there is a specific campaign to attack her um, that can be traced back to, you know, domestic violence, domestic abuse. That's not the case with Sam Terry. And so I think him being the way that he's being is, is not cute. It's not gorgeous. We don't love to see it. So I want to talk specifically about one politician right now. I know normally I only do that with like, you know, whoever's the prime minister at the time. I mean, in these current times and days, we don't even know who that is sometimes because the Tories are just cycling through them. But um, I want to talk specifically about the current health secretary, Therese Coffey. I'm still not sure if I say her name correctly, but frankly, I don't care. I don't care. I don't. I just don't. But I want to I want to talk about her because this week she has in my opinion just displayed how unsuitable she is in every regard as health secretary as a member of parliament. I just I look at her actions and I just think absolutely fucking not do you know what I mean like very that so I want to go through uh some of her highlights for the week I'm gonna talk about them so she was doing an interview with Kay Burley at Sky News and she was asked you have to remember as well she's not just the health secretary she's also the deputy prime minister all right so she should have a handle on things and yet she doesn't. She was asked to react to the Bank of England announcing another intervention in the market of UK government debt. So the mini budget continues to fuck us over. The government is just sort of wandering around like a like a fucking ridiculous clown. It's always clowns with these people, I tell you. And and she's asked a simple question what do you think of this? What would you say to the public about this? And her only response is, it's a matter, dare I say it, for the Chancellor. Okay, but you are you are doing a media interview as a representative of the British government. Act like it. Fuck's sake. I... D- <sighs> She she really turned up like, I can't be bothered. I can't be asked. I don't even want to be here. I can't believe it. Like, girl, 
What do you what do you mean? Just try and answer the question. Just try and fucking answer the question. Yeah, okay. The the majority of those answers should be coming from the treasury and therefore, you know, treasury affiliated ministers, but you can at least try. You're the fucking deputy prime minister. Like Jesus Christ woman. Um so the 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 terrible nonsense from her continues. She was um speaking about the nurses strike that has been proposed in the evening standard so nurses are considering striking due to working conditions um safety concerns and in contrast i want to tell you this in contrast i just see here's the thing there is there is better stuff possible when you actually have serious people in positions of responsibility. So the Cabinet Secretary for Health and Social Care in Scotland, Humza Youssef, when he was asked about potential industrial action from nurses, he said that he would do everything in his power to prevent industrial action. He is willing to talk to the unions. He's willing to talk to nurses. He's willing to get in there and try and fix the situation, improve conditions to make sure that Scotland has a safe functioning NHS where staff are compensated properly, have good working conditions because he's a serious grown-up that actually gives a shit about making things better for the public that he serves. And then you circle back round to Therese Coffey, let's see what she's got to say. And might I add, might I add, Therese Coffey is operating in a government that does not have the constraints of devolution. So she has a lot more power available to her to try and make things better in the health service. She has a lot more funding available because she doesn't have to go to another institution and ask. So she's in a lot better of a position than Humza Youssef. Um, and her, her immediate response is basically, I can't be asked. She said, nurses can leave if they want to. They've already had a pay rise. <sighs> Wow. Okay. So we've got a health secretary that doesn't understand the importance of nurses um, in, in the health service. And, and of course, now we've got a chancellor who used to be the health secretary who didn't understand the same thing about junior doctors. You, you cannot just turn around to these essential staff and just say, well, fuck off if you want to. I don't need you. Yes, you do. You do need them. Are you serious? I girl she is <laughs> it's, it's it's absurd she said that the government had already helped in a number of different ways like what like fucking what so the suggestion she said was i feel we have acted and nhs staff have already been offered an annual pay rise of 1400 pounds we have accepted the recommendation of the pay review body here's the thing Here's the thing, considering how little of a pay rise nurses have had throughout the years, it's a real terms pay cut, okay? And on top of that, the cost of living has increased so much that this extra £1,400 a year is not going to cut it. It's not going to cut it. And it's also not just about a pay offer, right? 
because the low wages within the NHS, not just for nurses, but for all staff, really, is what is is what is causing issues with recruitment and retention. And the issues with recruitment and retention lead to nurses having to work in unsafe conditions, having to come in on their days off, having to work without having proper rest periods. Those rest periods are not fucking optional. They are supposed to be mandatory to make sure that they can do their job safely. That is part of why they are considering striking. Because they need some fucking support. If if they are given a proper pay offer, that's going to help with recruitment. You can get more nurses into the sector, which means a better balance for everybody, safer working conditions for everybody. How is it that the health secretary does not understand that? Fucking how? I'll tell you how. It's because she can't be asked. She just turns up every day and she's like, whatever, man, whatever, I don't care. Mm, I don't care. Nurses can leave if they want. I don't care. You want to ask me about the economy, even though I'm deputy PM? I don't care, girl. Go ask the chancellor. I don't care. Who is the chancellor right now? I don't know. I think we're between chancellors at the moment. I have no idea. She has such a lazy fucking attitude and it's disgusting. She is in charge of healthcare. It's essential. It's something that affects all of us and she just can't be bothered. It's disgusting. And you know what else? Let's talk about monkeypox because... (laughs) Because... This government... it's, It's not just... It's not just Liz Truss with her bad Thatcher impression. It seems they're all doing bad Thatcher impressions because they're like, oh, there's there's a health crisis affecting affecting gay and bisexual men um, in huge numbers. Right, okay, we don't give a shit about that and we're just going to leave them. So we're back to those time periods. This is the exact same attitude that the UK government had during the AIDS crisis. And I think we all know what happened. And th- this is the thing that, that bothers me so much is that the UK government will will ask why the LGBT community does not does not have trust in them. Well, this is why. When we need you to act for us, you just, you just turn around and you can't be bothered. It happened in the AIDS crisis and it's happening again now with monkeypox. Um, and I'm fucking angry about this because... While it doesn't directly affect my part of the LGBT community so much, the 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 parts that it does affect are they're important to me and I care what fucking happens to them. And it makes me angry that our government doesn't. It makes me angry that that they don't care. You know, uh, our boys are getting sick and they don't give a fuck. And I'm fucking furious about it. Because this is solvable. It's a solvable problem. There is a vaccine. We're in um, such a better position than we were, for example, at, at, you know, at the beginning of, of the AIDS crisis where there, there wasn't too much information, there wasn't too much in the way of um, prevention. We were basically just kind of wandering around in the dark. We had no idea. Um, I, we. I wasn't there, obviously. I wasn't born yet. But you know what I mean. Um, society, I guess. Um, and, and 
while I I cannot forgive the government for their lack of action because when information became available they should have acted a lot sooner than they did um and they didn't but at the very beginning I can understand obviously there was limited information but we're not in that situation now with monkeypox we're not um we we have a vaccine and yet our health secretary, when she's when she's offered more vaccines, she's offered the opportunity to get more vaccines so that we can get them out to the people that needs them. She turns around and she says, no, I don't want to. I, I, I can't be asked. Why? Oh, is it because those vaccines are going to be going to gay and bisexual men? Is that why? I fucking think so. It's disgusting. Um, and then this week... Um, and, and this is something that has come, um, frankly, I think it's it's a huge step. And I don't think that this step was taken lightly because this is an organisation that honestly wants to do everything possible to to help and support the LGBT community and to look out for us because that's that's what they've always done. It's literally why they exist. So the Terence Higgins Trust, which is one of the uh, biggest um, HIV um, organisations in, in the UK, I think probably in the world, um, and also has a huge focus on sexual health um, for the LGBT community, they have this week announced that they are withdrawing from monkeypox communication meetings for England. Um, and the reason that they have given for that is because of inaction from the UK government, inaction from the UK health secretary, health secretary, sorry, <laughs> uh, and also inaction from the UK health security agency. Um, they have given advice repeatedly on what is necessary to uh, to reach the community, to be able to get the necessary preventative care to the community, um, to the people in, in the LGBT community that are being affected by this. Obviously, monkeypox is something that can affect everybody. Um, but currently, um, there are a number of people within the LGBT community, particularly gay and bisexual men, that are being affected. So it's important for the government to be reaching out to them, to be offering vaccines, to be offering preventative care and advice. And the Terence Higgins Trust have been saying this essentially to a brick wall for months. They have been pleading with the government to just fucking do something and they won't they won't um so they did clarify that they are still working um with devolved administrations because they're actually able to get some progress from them and they are still trying to do everything that they can to promote awareness of the um of the monkeypox epidemic and to try and make sure that everyone has the advice and support that they need but they they have essentially made it clear that working with the UK government is it's it's pointless because they don't care they they don't care that these men are getting sick 
They don't care that these men are at risk. They just don't give a fuck. And I... They, they are failing gay and bisexual men and they don't care. And Therese Coffey is at the head of that. And she, she doesn't care about anything, seemingly. I just... It makes me feel sick, you know? I I just... I can't... I can't believe that this is being allowed to happen again. You know what I mean? I, I just... Especially as it doesn't need to. They have the resources. The, the UK government has the resources to protect gay and bisexual men this time around. They have the information that they need. They have organisations like Terence Higgins Trust who are right there, ready to go. They... You know, vaccines are, are possible. We, we have that now. We have so much on our side to be able to protect people from monkeypox in a way that we didn't have when the HIV epidemic began. We have so much more on our side and yet the UK government still doesn't want to do anything. They, they still don't care. There, there are people that are going to get sick and the UK government doesn't care. I, it's disgusting. Um, so Terence Higgins Trust have confirmed that they are still going to be working, uh, for example, with the Scottish government um, to respond to the outbreak, but that essentially the UK government response is a lost cause. And it's heartbreaking to me, honestly. It makes me really upset and angry, as you can probably tell. Um... But I've still got um in the in the description I've got information um about monkeypox I'm doing doing my bit um but I would I would definitely say to people to um try and try and keep up to date as much as you can because frankly we cannot depend on the UK government to keep people safe which is horrifying frankly. Um, more horrifying shit from Therese Coffey. Let's have a look. So she's giving out drugs now. She's, she's just giving out drugs to people, apparently. Um, so she, uh, she apparently has a plan to allow chemists to prescribe antibiotics. Um, right. Um, so the plan is the patients will be able to obtain antibiotics from pharmacies without seeing a doctor um, to reduce the need for GP appointments. Um, she also noted, uh, that she has apparently previously handed out her own supplies of antibiotics to friends and family who were feeling unwell. So she's, she's giving out drugs to people, apparently, um, with no qualification. She's, she's not, she's not medically qualified. Like, she's just not, like... I mean, Christ. Also, apparently this is illegal. I mean, I, I didn't know that it was illegal to give out, you know, tablets or anything. But that's because I just don't do it. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't give out drugs to people. <laughs> so I, I guess I, I didn't have to think about it. Um, but it is apparently illegal to supply 
prescription medication to another person without a license. So she's just dropped herself in it and admitted that she's out here committing crimes on the regular. Who's surprised? I'm not. Um... A number of people who are way smarter than me when it comes to medicine, of course, have pointed out that she has potentially endangered people's lives by doing this. The reason that you need a medical professional to prescribe these drugs is because of things like allergies. Um, for example, I, I'm not allergic to any medications that I'm aware of, but I know family members of mine are allergic to certain medications. So you know, if I just gave them some antibiotics and I said, I'll oh, just have them, it's fine. I could make them super sick. They could die. And, <laughs> but she's just out here doing that. Mm -mm. Also, many people have also pointed out, if you're given a course of antibiotics, you're supposed to take all of them. You're not supposed to have any left over to hand out to family and friends, Therese. That's not supposed to be a fucking thing. That's not supposed to be a fucking thing that you can do um numerous doctors took to twitter to talk about this uh rachel clark who is a doctor um, and also has written many books um said this is staggeringly irresponsible of therese coffee and will cause so much more harm than good Doctors do not, unlike coffee, dish out spare antibiotics to our family and friends because we're painfully aware of the harms of antibiotic resistance. Utter recklessness. So what, the, you know, what she's referring to there is that people can essentially, if, if antibiotics are relied upon too much, it could become the case that you know, obviously everyone's taking them and, and drugs begin to become resistant to the antibiotics. So the antibiotics become less useful over time until you reach a point where you've got like viruses and diseases and shit that are insanely powerful. Is that what you want, Therese? Is that what you fucking want? Because that's what you're going to get. That's what you're going to fucking get. Um... And and this this is this is who we've got. Health Secretary and Deputy Prime Minister, someone who doesn't give a shit about doing their job, um, doesn't give a shit about protecting the health of people in the UK, doesn't give a shit about making sure people have access to the medication they need to stay healthy, doesn't give a shit about making medication that some people may need completely ineffective, doesn't give a shit about potentially making people ill or worse by just handing out drugs to people. This is who we've got as our as our health secretary. And I, I've just searched her name on Twitter and the first thing that's come up, oh my God, somebody tweeted, chatting to a lot of doctors right now about whether we should report Therese Coffee to the police. <laughs> god can you imagine that's camp um somebody else has tweeted dear therese coffee it is indicated you may have breached sections 46 and 47 of the human medicines regulations 2012 by supplying your friends and or family with prescribed antibiotics it is only right that you stand down to prevent bringing it into disrepute furthermore 
Liz Truss should be proactive in asking for Miss Coffey's resignation to ensure confidence on government and their ability to uphold the law. Sweetheart, nobody has confidence in the UK government currently to uphold the law, but I appreciate the sentiment. (laughs) I just... Little miss, I'm handing out drugs to my mates. Little miss, fuck nurses, they can leave if they want. Little miss, fucking... Just disgusting. Honestly, absolutely disgusting. And uh, this is the best that Liz Truss has to offer, really, when you think about it. This is who Liz Truss believes is suitable to be not only Health Secretary, but also Deputy PM. That, to me, calls into question Liz Truss's judgment in a massive way. If this is the kind of person that she believes is suitable in any way for a serious position of responsibility and power, then, frankly, I feel like Liz's judgment is just not there. She doesn't have any. She has no common sense. Like, this this is who you want to be in charge of healthcare. Really, girl? Really? And let's not forget, um, Therese Coffey, she's also, (laughs) just, I just thought, just off the top of my head now, she's got horrific views as well. Um, (laughs) She, she has an insane anti-abortion position. Um, And, I mean... You've got a health secretary that doesn't believe in healthcare for women. Great. Love that for me. I'd... She also voted against same-sex marriage, so I suppose that explains why she doesn't give a shit about helping people with monkeypox, doesn't it? Um, Jesus Christ. And this this is it. This is what Liz Truss is offering us. This is this is who she believes is suitable to be a part of her government. I don't care if it falls around Christmas. Election now. Alright, besties. I will catch you again next week for a brand new episode. Maybe by then we'll have a new chancellor. Who even knows these days? Um, But I hope that you enjoyed the show and I'll see you again next time. Love you. Bye. on with this whole politics business. And the, the stuff about me paddleboarding, nonsense, the scene was actually closed, it was a, a red notice. When Kermit the Frog, Kermit the Frog sang, it's not easy being green. You remember that one? Russia should go away, should shut up. In try that's technology view. I don't know if you've been to Peppa Pig World. Who's been to Pads? I've been to been to Peppa Pig World. In December, I'll be in Beijing, opening up new pork markets. Like seriously, what the fuck?